Well, good morning, church. Good to see you. Uh, happy Father's Day to all you dads and those of you who have dads. So, so glad that you're here today and hanging out with us. Um, quick thing, uh, Emily, pull that one up for me. So, uh, that's the Thrive Church truck. And uh, you can kind of see we got two baskets full of stuff that we bought for the Muskogee Church um, for disaster relief. We raised, I don't know, like 550, 600 bucks, something like that. And we were able to buy 10 like kits. There's a, a rake, a shovel, a pair of large gloves, a pair of medium gloves, trash bags, masks. What else did we get? I don't remember. We got a bunch of stuff. But we were able to do uh, 10 of these. Now, what's really interesting is I was talking to Pastor uh, Gary Underwood um, of our sister church in Muskogee, and he said, you know, what's really interesting is that in Muskogee itself, there were a relatively small number of, of homes that were lost, um, and there's like, you know, like 40 or 50 churches that are able to, to actually help those people. But further downriver in, uh, I guess, Fort Gibson and in Weber Falls, even the churches were wiped out. So some of these supplies are going to go there, and we're thrilled. We just said, I just told them, I'm like, they're yours, man. You, you do with them as you see fit, and let us know if we can send a team down, and so hopefully that'll happen. And then it rained last night. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so we'll see where that one goes. But anyway, um, thank you for, for being a part of this, for, for partnering with us to do this. Um, there's, some, there's some places in Scripture where Paul gives thanks to churches for giving to other churches. And I just think that's the economy of God. And because there's gonna be a day where we're gonna need some assistance in some way, shape, or form. It may not be physical or financial, but there might be a way we, and, and this, is, this is how God operates. And so thank you for being a part of that. So I'm thrilled that we were able to do this and uh, that somebody's gonna get blessed. I think Gary's coming up tomorrow to, to pick that stuff up and then deliver it for us. It is sitting at Thrive Space. It's a bunch of stuff in the front, and every time I walk in there, I don't see mess. I see yes. So it's really awesome. Anyway, so thanks for being a part of that. I wanted to give you an update on that. All right, we're in our summer series right now um, in the book of Acts. We're learning about the activity of the Holy Spirit, uh, and frankly, we're learning from the early church and how they responded to the activity of of the Holy Spirit. If you remember, um, the official title of the book is Acts of the Apostles, but in reality, it's Acts of the Holy Spirit and the apostles are just hanging on for dear life because they're just moving and um, uh, along with his spirit. And, and, and as we're kind of learning about that and as we're seeing the activity of the Holy Spirit, frankly, I'm going to tell you right now, I hope to see him move here too. I, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm excited to find out. And so let me do just a little brief uh, recap. Um, if you remember, in the first chapter of, of Acts, Jesus says to his disciples, wait here in Jerusalem. Which, by the way, I, I didn't mention this before, and I should have, but if you want to think about it, Jesus was just crucified. And all of his disciples are told to stay in Jerusalem. Yeah, the place where their, where their rabbi was crucified. That could not have been comfortable. Think about that. So you wait here until you receive power from heaven. And so, as we know, Holy Spirit falls, Acts chapter 2, right? And there's this big rush of wind, and then everyone's speaking in different languages, and the people are sitting around going, what are all these rednecks talking about? And they get to this point where they're so astonished, they ask this most beautiful question is, what does this mean? What does this mean? It's fascinating. 
And so Peter stands up and he gives a sermon. And last week we talked about this because he leads with the prophet Joel. He says, in those days I will pour out my spirit on all people, men and women. Which I think is significant. I will pour out my spirit. So he goes on then to talk a little bit about Jesus. And then he even mentions how King David speaks potentially about Jesus in the psalm. And this is where we're going to pick up, up the story. Um, Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 25. I'm going to read this, and then we're going to pull it apart a little bit. Okay, so if you have a Bible, turn there with me. Acts chapter 2, verse 25. I told you we were going to be in Acts chapter 2 for a little while. Um, I'm seeing things in this that I've, frankly, I've read this I don't know how many times, and uh, I'm seeing things that I haven't seen before. So verse 25. <clears throat> David said about him, Jesus, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will give in hope, will live in hope, because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with the joy in your presence. Now, this is fascinating, actually, because you've got um, this group of three verses. In the first verse, it, it talks about gladness and joy. I'm going to talk about that in a second. And then in verse 20, um, uh, 27, he says, Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. This is probably a reference to the resurrection. Does that make sense? So we've got this poetry that's, that's operating as prophecy. And then at the end, uh, you have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill, uh, fill me with joy in your presence. So let me, uh, let me just take a look at this because this is, this is kind of fun. Therefore, my heart is, what's the word, glad and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest in hope. This is verse 26. Now look what happens in verse 28. You have made known to me the paths of life, you will fill me with joy in your presence. In Greek, those are the same words, glad and joy. And the word here that's used, if I'm doing my pronunciation correctly, is euphreno, euphreno, where we get the word euphoria, right? It's exciting, it's big. It's uh, kind of about the heart jumping or leaping, so this idea of rejoicing. Therefore, my heart is, is joyful, is glad, and my tongue rejoices, but you have made known to me the paths of life, and you will fill me with joy in your presence. And I really think this is, this is interesting. Because here's the thing. Remember, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy. It's our second one. Love, joy, peace, patience, although nobody claims that one, right? <laughs> it's true. So we have this in the fruit of the Spirit as well. And then uh, the other thing is, I want you to notice this. Where do we get this joy? Where does it say? presence, right? We've been talking about this idea of chasing after the presence of God this year. This is a benefit of chasing after the presence of God. It's joy. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'd like a little more joy in my life. Yes, I have, I have uh, kids, and they're joyful, and I have a wife, and that's joyful, but I could always use a little bit more joy. It's like having too much fun. You can't have too much joy, right? So this idea of when we're chasing after the presence of God, the benefit at least one of the benefits here is joy. Now, 
I'm going to use this passage um, to make an announcement because I think you're going to find it, find it joyful. So let me kind of set this up for you. Um, <laughs> some of you know that Pastor Dan spent time at Hillsong in Australia, right? Did you know that? If you didn't, he did. Um, he's got a certificate and everything that says he was there. <clears throat> and, uh, and then through our connections at Asbury Seminary, he, he knows a number of people in um, kind of the, the contemporary Christian organization but, um, or um, industry, and uh, specifically some worship leaders. And uh, he's just dialed into the worship, art, worship arts kind of globally. And so Dan's going on vacation in July, and this is so cool. This is so exciting. Don't ask me how this happened. Everything kind of came together. It was pretty exciting. But um, uh, Chris Tomlin will be our worship leader on July 7th. Right? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, we're... We don't know how this, how this all kind of came about. I mean, Dan did some magic, and we just got talking to people. So he's, he's going to be here. Uh, he's going to be filling in on July 7th, and it's, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So I'm, I'm going to let, let that one sink in for you, okay? I'm just going to let that one sink in for you, because it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, it's like, oh, my gosh. Christopher, oh, my gosh, right? Uh, I imagine we're going to need a few more chairs in the building. I'm not sure how we're going to handle that yet. Um, so we might be uh, getting some help from our sister churches to kind of help us out with, with some of this stuff. So I, I can't wait. So there's more about this in a moment, but I'm going to let that one sink, sink in. So let me, let me try to continue. Okay, I'm going to try to continue. Hi, Chris. Good to see you. Yeah. Done what? I know nobody's paying, paying any attention to it. Okay, just stick with me, okay? There's more. Okay, hang on. Here we go. So uh, I'm going to go back to Acts. (laughs) You can join me there too if you can. So I want to go to Acts chapter 2, verse 40. Okay, let me read this. Let me read this real quick. And then then we can can go on with this stuff. With many other words, he warned them. This is the group of people gathered in Jerusalem listening to Peter's sermon. And he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. I don't know, maybe with Chris Tomlin here, we'll add a few more to our, that'd be pretty cool. Anyway, moving on, sorry. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common, uh, selling their possessions and goods, and they gave to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And it's a, and it's a great passage. We've, we've read this um, before, and we'll probably read it again in, in the future, too. Continuing to, to do these things and, and, and hanging out with one another. And interestingly enough, on verse 43, it says, Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Believe it or not, I don't like this translation. Um, the Greek reads a little bit differently. I understand why they made this decision, but this is kind of my um, take on it. 
uh, everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. There's this idea of continuation that's going on. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the, po- uh, the apostles. And so there's this idea, really, that you've got awe that's going on, but then you also have these signs and wonders that are happening at the same, at the same time. And the original translation makes it sound like people were in awe because of the signs and wonders, and I really don't have that, that sense at all. I have this idea that there, these two things are happening concurrently but, and may or may not be connected to one another. So there's a sense of awe that's going on as, as, these, things are, as these things are happening, but there is this sense of, sense of awe. So it's not just because of the miracles. It's in, the miracles are in addition to how these people are feeling. Oh, and by the way, the word here for awe is phobos, which is where we get the word phobia or fear. And so there's the sense of, oh my gosh, what's, what's, what does this mean? It's kind of that sense. You wonder where this comes from. Now, that's worth thinking about, this idea of awe and signs and wonders. And, and yes, and what about, what about joy? And, and there's this, this thing that keeps coming up in the back of my mind. It just bubbles up back there consistently almost every single time I come to church. And it's this, do I come to church with awe and joy? Do I walk into the building with awe and with joy? And, and, and what am I expecting from God what am I expecting on Sunday morning? Or, or frankly, every single morning when I get up, do I believe that God still speaks? Is God going to speak to me? Is there some specific ideas he has about the day? Will he continue to guide me? Will he prompt me to say things and, and to, to do things? Do I expect that to actually occur? So when we gather, do we come with awe and joy? And to me, that's a hard issue. And I think, I think it's not something that just happens. I think it ha- it, it's something that must be intentional in our own, in our own hearts is to say, I'm, I'm going to church today. What am I bringing in? What am I bringing into the building with me? Now, remember um, Matthew chapter 18. Again, truly I tell you, this is Jesus speaking, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. So, um, do we want God's presence? Yes or no? Say, you know, tell me. Okay, yes, sure we do. Okay, we agree about that, right? Okay, sweet. There we go. We have a quorum, right? And are we gathering in his name? The answer is yes, we are. In fact, every single Sunday morning, we do prayer back here and we declare that we are gathered in Jesus' name. And because of that, we know that he is present with us. He is here. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Chris Tomlin isn't coming on July 7th. But the Holy Spirit is just like he will next week, just like he is today. And we get all excited about celebrity. And don't get me wrong, that'd be cool, right? It'd be cool. But the maker of heaven and earth himself is present with us every single week. 
Are we acknowledging that when we walk in the door? Do we understand that not only is he here, but he's waiting for you in your car? He's probably going to have lunch with you. So be careful what you pick, right? He's going to be there when you lay your head down at night. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Holy Spirit is here dwelling inside of us. Can we enter with joy and awe? Can we have that same excitement when we actually thought that there was a big-time worship leader coming? (laughs) Right? That's something worth thinking about.